return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah. Everybody else, won't you stand with me today? See if I get it right. It's been a while since I've done a Sunday morning service. Oh, Pastor Dave and Jeannie, they're doing fine. They're in, uh, they're in Minneapolis this morning um, uh, ministering to a couple there. So uh, that's why they're not here this morning. But let's see if I remember this. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive receive the incorruptible, incorruptible, indestructible, indestructible, ever-living seed seed of the Word of God. God. I'll never be the same. same. Never, never, never. Never, never, In Jesus' name, name. amen. Look at that. Praise the Lord. He gives us grace, doesn't he? He gives us grace in time of need. So I want to talk this morning. I talked about it a couple Wednesdays ago, and uh, so some of it's going to be reviewed, but some of it... It's just different revelations God's given me um, just in the last week and a half. Um, but I want to talk about how God wants you to persevere. Amen. I think sometimes um, this seems like such a simple concept, right? Oh, yeah, of course, Pastor Rand and God wants me to persevere. But you have a lot of people that think that, that God wants to hold them in, uh, in a rut. And they wanna, he wants to hold them there until they learn something from that situation or from that circumstance. But I want to tell you that God does not want to hold you anywhere. He wants you to grow, and he wants you to get out of the rut that you're in. He wants, to get, wants you to get out of the financial situations you're in. He wants you to get out of the health problems, amen. God is a good God, and I think people sometimes take uh, it the wrong way when an answer doesn't happen, like, right now. And they think, well, God's just keeping me here. But I tell you what. You know, when, when Daniel was praying, um, and he was, he was seeking the Lord, and he was seeking for an answer, it took three weeks for the angel to come to Daniel to appear to him, okay? And the reason wasn't because God was holding on to the angel's back, saying, nope, not yet, not yet. No, what did he do? He got delayed by the enemy, amen? So God has good plans for us. The enemy has bad plans for us, right? God doesn't have bad plans. The enemy has bad plans for us. Um, but we know our God is greater. Amen. We know that he uh, gave us the victory. Amen. So as a Christian, even when we don't see an answer right away, continue to believe, continue to hold on to what God has given you. Because God is infallible. So if he gave you a word a year ago or five years ago or ten years ago, and you know it was from God, just hold on to it because it will come to pass. Right? Right? And so, this morning I want to talk about these, these hardships that we go through in our life. Because <clears throat> we all go through hardships. We all go through difficult times. And I'm not even talking, I'm not talking about um, persecution, like, you know, there's a lot of persecution going on in India and Iran and 
um, Nigeria and some of these places around the world. Um, but I want to talk about something, you know, that, that, that maybe hits home to you. Maybe it was a death of a loved one. Maybe it's a financial um, problem or a financial stress that you're going through. Maybe it's a, just a hardship. There's just something in your life that isn't, just doesn't, isn't going quite, quite right. And you hear it all the time that people will say, well, <clears throat> you know, I don't know why God gave me this, but I know he wouldn't have given it to me if I couldn't handle it. And so they take that verse that he's not able or that he doesn't give us anything beyond what we can handle. Amen. He doesn't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. And they say that God gave me this, but he gave it to me and I'll be able to handle it. Well, one thing I found out in my life is there's nothing that I can handle on my own. Right? There's nothing I can handle on my own. I always need God. Okay? So he doesn't put something on me to say, oh, now he has to reach out to me. Right? He, he, he wants good things for me. He has good things planned for me. And Pastor David's been talking kind of about this as well, just the character of God. God's character. How he is in our life. How he deals with us and how he speaks to us through his word and prunes us through his word. And so a hardship, it could be losing a loved one, a health problem, a financial stress. And I want to tell you that life isn't going to be easy all the time. I'm sure everybody can attest to that, that there's been things in your life that uh, weren't, weren't easy, that were hard, right? And so I want to read, let's go to Romans 5, verse 1. <clears throat> the Bible says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also we have access by faith into this grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So let's just stop right there. So there's four things that we have. It says that we've been justified by faith, okay? It says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And the fourth fourth thing we have in these two scriptures is we have this hope of the glory of God. So he talks about these spiritual blessings in our life. He talks about all the good things that we have through Jesus Christ, that we've been justified. Hallelujah, we've been justified by faith. We don't have to justify ourselves. We don't have to plead with God to be saved. We just have to receive that gift that he gave us, that Jesus gave us on the cross and through his resurrection, amen? says we have peace with God. Remember when, when Jesus was born and the angels came and they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. What were they saying? They were saying that God has goodwill towards men, that there's peace now with Jesus being the go-between. There's peace between God and man because remember in the Old Testament, <clears throat> whenever Israel messed up, there would be consequences. This wrath of God we poured out on Israel and, and they would fall into the hands of the enemy, right? And then they would repent, and God would restore them. Quick rabbit trail. If you read Nehemiah 9, it's a great synopsis of the grace of God through the the Old Testament. It really is. It really talks about this back and forth, about how God was gracious to them. But in the Old Testament, so they would fail, and they they would be delivered into the hands of the enemy, and then they would get restored again. But now in the New Testament... Because Jesus took that wrath, 
Amen. Jesus took the, sh- the shame of sin, right? He took the sicknesses. He took the diseases. He took everything that maybe afflicted the Israelites and others in the Old Testament. And because he has all that, <clears throat> God now deals with us in a different way. God doesn't change, but he deals with us in a different way because it's according to a new covenant. And Pastor Dave's been talking about our uh, last will and testament. If I write up a will, a will and it has certain criteria, okay, and then 10 years down the road I decide to change my will, right, then did I, did I change? No, but the contract changed, right? This document, this, this thing that's going to be a legal document when I pass away has changed. And so that's what happened when the old covenant was put in place. There was a document, there was a contract, right? There was a covenant between man and God. And when Jesus came, the covenant, the contract, that one was fulfilled, amen, and this new and better covenant happened between God and man. And part of that was all of the curses of the Old Testament stayed in the Old Testament, and all the blessings came into the new covenant, and even more. Amen? Because we have the gift of this Holy Spirit inside of us who knows all things and can do all things in our life. Amen? So we have this better covenant. And so he has all these spiritual blessings that he talks about. And then we go to verse 3, and, we, and Paul says, and not only that, and I always think like, wow, he's going to tell me something really good. And not only that, you know, think like a, sar- a car salesman, and he's telling you about all the good things about this car, the interior is leather, Amen. The horsepower is high. I don't know anything about cars, so I'm going to be general here. The horsepower is great. The body looks great. And not only that, and you think, wow, there's something even better. And the Bible says, uh, Paul says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. And it's like, and, and, right? So he said we glory in tribulations. So he gives us these blessings that we have from God in verses 1 and 2. And then he says, and not only that, but you're going to have tribulations. Hallelujah. Glory in them. Glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in the hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And this, this Greek word for tribulation is the Greek word thalipsis, which means a pressing or a pressing together or a pressure. Okay. So how many, I know you don't have to show your hands, but we've all been pressed in life. There's been certain times where we've just felt pressed. You know, it feels like the weight of the world is on our shoulders sometimes. Maybe it's with your family, or maybe it's with, um, with your health or your finances. <clears throat> and whenever I feel that pressure and that stress of life, I always think, Lord, you've taken my burdens, and your burden is easy. Amen. Your yoke is light. Your yoke is easy. Your burden's light. Amen. But there's these pressures that happen. And so there's these tribulations. And Paul says that we want to glory in these tribulations. Now, maybe some, some of this might be a little, you might, might make you think a little bit. But I used to think that when he said glory and tribulation, that I need to be happy about what I'm going through. That if, I'm, if I have a health burden, it's like, oh, glory to God. I got this health problem. No, but what does the Bible say? Why do we glory in our tribulations? We glory in the tribulations because we know the result after the tribulation. Amen. 
if we keep our focus and our trust in the Lord, the Bible says that a tribulation will produce perseverance. And a perseverance will produce character. And character will produce hope. Amen? So we don't glory in the tribulations for the, tribula- for the sake of the tribulation. Right? It's not like I just need to be excited about what I'm going through. No, I'm excited that, okay, Lord, I know this is from the devil. I know this is the tribulation. And because I know that, I can persevere through it. And I can, my character can build. And my hope in the eternal glory that I will be one day with you, Jesus, can continue to grow. So that's what he wants us to glory in. Amen? We glory because we know that it can produce in us perseverance. We don't have to be happy about a battle in our life. You're not a bad Christian if you don't enjoy going through a health problem. Okay? But really, we're glorying in the result of the tribulations that we go through. Okay? And I think... You know, one thing that um, is important to realize is that just because you have a hardship and you come out better on the other side doesn't mean the hardship was from God, okay? Just because you go through a situation in your life and on the other side of it you persevere doesn't mean that the hardship was from God. In fact, I'm going to say that it wasn't from God. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it wasn't from God. And we can see this all throughout the word. So let's go to Matthew 14, verse 25. And the Bible says, Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking onto the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on, to come to you to the water. And he said, come. And when Peter had come out down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid to begin to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. So did Jesus cause Peter to sink? Because Jesus told him to come. Did he cause him to sink? Why did Peter sink? Because instead of keeping his focus on Jesus, he put his focus on his circumstances. Because instead of putting his trust in Jesus, he put trust in his natural eyes of, wow, this was not a good idea. Why did I do that? And what happened? Peter started to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And we know the Lord caught him in the water and pulled him back up. And they walked back to the boat together. They didn't swim back to the boat together. They walked back to the boat together. Amen. So if, you, if you're going through a problem in your life, and you know, a lot of times when we, when we get down about our problems, it's because we're maybe not focusing on the Lord in that moment, right? I'm not saying that, that if you have a problem, you haven't been focusing on Jesus. No, because the Bible says when tribulations come, when trials come, when things in our life come up, Right? But we want to keep our focus on the Lord. And a lot of people think that God causes these hardships to teach a lesson. And especially when they persevere. People will say, um, wow, God must have brought this storm in my life because I learned a lot from it. It really grew my faith. And they think that it was God, that God caused this because their faith grew. But I tell you what, if Jesus overcame the devil, that means we've overcome the devil Amen. 
And so us persevering through circumstances shouldn't be a surprise because we have already overcome. We've already overcome the devil. Amen. So even when he throws something at you, when you overcome, when you persevere through that, don't be surprised because you have the power and the authority through Jesus Christ over the enemy. Hey, hallelujah. Did you grow because the storm or did you grow because your attitude? Did you grow because of the storm or did you grow because of your attitude in the storm? Amen. And I said it before, but if you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Just because something good comes out of a hard time in your life doesn't mean the hard time was from God. Hallelujah. I'm going to dare to say that the financial strait that you're in, that the health problem, that the family member turning away from the faith did not come from God. Amen? Amen? Because God has good plans for us. So our job, I mean, really in storms, when storms come, because the Bible says they're going to come, the, the um, question is, are you going to persevere, right? Are you going to persevere with Jesus through that storm? Because John 10.10 10 says the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. So we think about all these things happening in our life, and we give, these, we give this blame to God. I'm not saying we, I'm saying collectively as, a, as just a humankind, we... we who even believes there's a God, they give this blame to God, saying, um, well, God put this on me. And most of the time, people will turn away from him because they think that he... I mean, really, if, if you had that mindset and you came out stronger and, and your faith in God was stronger, um, it's pretty amazing because if I went through something in my life that was just too, too hard for me to bear, and I thought that God didn't care and that he, he put me in it, um, it'd be tough for me to go to God, honestly. You know, so if, if anybody did have that mindset and they've come through and they they've glory to God, I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> I'm glad you're still serving Him because God doesn't give us bad things. Amen. So the thief came to steal, kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Amen. So think of any situation that you're going through. Okay. And you can think, does this situation bring forth life? And if the answer is no, then it's not from God. Amen? In the situation, does it bring forth life? Well, then it's not from God. Is your health declining? That's not from God. He's not trying to get you to rely on him more. He's not trying to get you to spend time with him more because now you're bedridden and you have all this free time to read the word. It's still the devil, amen? It's like when I, if I have an oven, okay, and I, and I have a pizza, and it's the one from Papa Murphy's, a really good kind, and it's all doughy and everything, and I put it in the oven, uh, what happens? The, the, the pizza gets, the crust gets hard, doesn't it? it? You know, it bakes for a certain amount of time. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's 425 at 20 to 25 minutes. Um, it gets hard, the crust gets hard, all right? But what if I put a baked potato in the oven? So the baked potato is already hard. It's already hard to cut, right? But if I put a baked potato in the oven and I set it for the amount of time, then what happens? It starts to soften. Did the oven change? Did the circumstance change? What changed? The ingredients changed, right? The attitude changed. Amen? 
So it can be opposite. Somebody goes through a hardship and they turn away from God. They show no perseverance. They show no character. Their hope doesn't increase, but it gets less. So those are, there's those stories out there too. Amen? So for us to be able to just say that uh, God just, in every situation, we, we're, we're going to persevere. Yeah, we will if we keep our focus on him. If we, if we put our trust in Jesus and we realize that this is an attack from the devil, amen, and I'm going to persevere because I have the one who overcame the world living inside of me, then yes, we're going to persevere. Our character is going to grow. I'm going to give two examples in the Old Testament. Joseph had extreme hardship. Oof. 17 years old, he gets sold into slavery because of a dream and a coat. He gets sold into slavery by his brothers. Let's go to Genesis 39 uh, a second real quick. And it says that Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was successful, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptians. So, so the Lord was with Joseph, amen? He was with him through that whole time. Now let's go to Genesis 39, 20. And it says, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. So Joseph gets falsely accused, right, by Potiphar's wife, that he tried to be with her. And so Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But again, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Okay, so two times there's something that adversely affects Joseph. First, he had, there was no reason he should have been sold into slavery, right? He didn't do anything wrong, except for he was overzealous maybe about the, what God had shown him in the, in the dreams. The second time, he completely didn't do anything wrong. He got falsely accused, and he got put into the prison. And I want you to notice that it says the Lord was with Joseph. It doesn't say that the Lord made it so that he'd be sold into slavery. It doesn't say that the Lord... Um, put it in her heart to falsely accuse him, and so he'd be in the prison to, to continue to grow his character and, and perseverance. So then we go to Genesis 45. And he, he reveals himself to his brothers, and he says to them, Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Okay. So I believe this is another misunderstood part of the Bible. Because people will say, Well, so God caused these things to happen because he sent him before uh, the brothers to preserve their life in the midst of this famine. So it had to have been God's will, right? It had to have been God's will that he was sold into slavery. And it had to be God's will that he was, um, that he was falsely accused. And it had to be God's will that he was forgotten for two years in the prison. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says that that was God's will for that path to happen in his life to get him to where he ended up. It doesn't say that God's plan included him being sold or falsely accused, but just that the end result that God had in mind was accomplished, okay? So the God's end result for, for Joseph, no matter how it happened, was that he was going to go before his family to preserve them in this time of famine. But I would say if Joseph was bitter, okay, if Joseph wouldn't have handled the situation like he did, with perseverance and character, he wouldn't have had any hope. So if Joseph got sold and was bitter at his brothers, okay, and then he was bitter at Potiphar, he was bitter at the baker, or at the, at the butler, 
right? Then do you think he would have helped his brothers when they came for food? Okay. So what we know about Joseph was that he must have had a lot of resolve. And he must have communicated with the Lord and just kept his focus on the Lord. Because God gave him a word, amen? He gave him a word that you're going to be exalted above your brothers, above your family. They're going to bow down to you. And what did he do? He held on to the word and he said, Lord, I don't know what, I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to focus on you because you gave me a word back when I was 17 and I'm going to hold on to that word. And it's going to come to pass in my life. So it was Joseph's attitude, it was his character that brought him through. Okay. Now, if I believe if that wouldn't have happened, if because jo- remember, these are actual things that happen in the Bible. They're not just stories. They're actual things, right? So if his brothers wouldn't have done that, okay, if, um, if Potiphar's wife wouldn't have done that, I believe that Joseph would have still ended up ahead of his brothers to preserve their family. If that wouldn't have happened, if those circumstances wouldn't have happened, there would have been a way, because that was God's goal, okay, was for, for Joseph to go ahead, that would have still been accomplished. Amen? I think there's a lot of times in our life where God has these plans for us, these good plans for us in our life, and he, he has plans of, of uh, leadership and increase in our life, but sometimes our attitude prohibits those plans from coming to pass in the time that God wants them to come to pass. Because God isn't up here, out there controlling us and controlling our moves and controlling our bosses and he's not doing anything like that, right? So however we act when we're going through a hardship, however we act when we're going through something difficult um, is really going to determine um, if you're going to get to that goal that God has for your life. Are you going to get to that end result? Amen. God has an expected end to us, end for us, but it's our job to go through life living for him to reach it. That's our job. Our job is to live our life, amen? The second example was Saul, the anointed king over Israel, first king. God's first choice. Hard to believe, isn't it? As you read the, what happened with Saul, that he was God's first choice. And I, I looked through it again, and I didn't see a place at least where it said that uh, God put him there so that he'd fail and, and that the people of Israel, Israel would see how bad, how bad of a deal, idea this was. I didn't see that when I read. Maybe it's in there. I don't know. But God's first choice. And I believe God expected Saul to rule well. I mean, you know, you had, you had Samuel that was, that was there to anoint him and to proclaim him as the king. And again, God has good plans for your life. I mean, I think... God knows everything. He, know, he knew what was going to happen, but God is so hopeful for you that he wants to give you the opportunity to succeed. Amen? It'd be like if uh, one of my kids wanted to, play out, wanted to try out for basketball, and I said, nope, I don't want you to try out because you're going to miss a shot. You're going to fail. So I'm, I'm going to keep you, and I'm not going to let you do that. No, God... I know that my son's going to miss a shot. <clears throat> it's going to happen. But what do I do? I put him out there to let him succeed. Amen? God knows that we're not perfect. He knows that there's going to be times in our life when we fail. But he's not going to <clears throat> just not let us do anything because of that. 
No, he's going to allow you to do things because he wants to see you succeed. Amen. Just like me, for my kids, when, when they do fail, it's tough for me, but when they succeed, it's so much better. It's, a, it's such a great feeling, and God has a great feeling when he sees you, sees you succeed. Amen? So Saul was God's first choice, and then Saul decided to do things his own way. He decided to turn from God, <clears throat> and he becomes bitter. So he turns from God, he makes these bad decisions, he doesn't listen to Samuel um, about his instructions when going to war. And Saul becomes bitter. And he doesn't persevere through trials. I also believe that if Saul would have kept his heart towards God, <clears throat> and he would have focused on the Lord and done what he had been told to do, that his life and his, uh, his kingship would have been a lot better than if he would have decided not to. Again, God doesn't control our wills. Amen. We have, we have control of that. And so God wasn't just saying, oh, I know, I know somebody who's really going to get Israel, the first king that I anoint, and, uh, and yeah, then they'll, then they'll realize they made a bad decision. No, I really believe God always intends for us to do well in life. God always intends for us to, uh, to be good at what, what the skills that he's given us to do. Obviously, Saul had skill in leadership. There was something about Saul that God saw that he said, wow, he has good skill in leadership. I'm going to allow him. I want him to succeed, right? He wants you to succeed. God didn't turn Saul's heart away, but Saul did. Hmm. If Saul didn't turn his heart from God, he would have been a great king. Amen? And then what happens? Saul, the Spirit leaves Saul because Saul, the Holy Spirit was with Saul. The Bible says that, that he gave him his spirit. <laughs> Amen. He anointed him. Hallelujah. I preached a sermon on this a couple years ago, but how um, Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel, and every one of us here is anointed to preach the gospel. You are anointed. God's already anointed you. You don't need an anointing to preach. <laughs> preach the gospel, right? He's already given you that anointing when you come into his family. Amen. He's already given you that Holy Spirit. Uh, let's go to James 1, 1 2. <clears throat> this goes light, right along with uh, Romans 5. Um, and James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Again, we're thinking, uh, James, are you, are you sure? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. So again, I, I hear a lot of times, People will say, well, it's testing our faith. It has to be from God. Because God wants, to, wants us to um, build our faith, and so testing our faith, well, it has to be from God, right? Because it's faith. It's not, he's not doing it with fear. It's faith. He's testing our faith, right? <clears throat> when we understand that hardships will come in our life, we can be ready to stay in joy and peace and patience. When we understand that there's these trials that are going to come, we can, we can walk in those things. And so when people say, when somebody says, well, it has to be from God, I think of when Jesus was in the wilderness and was being tempted by Satan. What was Satan doing? He was tempting his faith. He was testing his faith that Jesus was actually the Son of God. What did he keep asking him? If you are the Son of God. He tried to create this doubt. If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. Okay? So he was testing his faith. Don't get fooled by the enemy that the hardships in life are from God. 
Don't get fooled by the enemy that because um, your faith is being tested, you come out strong on the other side, that God caused that to happen. James 1.16 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Whenever the Bible says, Do not be deceived, you know there's going to be a deception that tries to creep in there. Verse 17 says, Every good and gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So don't be deceived that God gives you bad circumstances. Don't be deceived that uh, he gives you anything but good gifts and perfect gifts. Amen. And I love the end of that verse. It says, with God, there's no variation. There's no shadow of turning. Amen. There's no, it's not like he has an alternative motive for something that he gives you. Amen. No, he gives you good things to be used for good so that you can live a good life. Amen. So that you can be a witness, so you can be a blessing, so you can save people. Amen. That's why he gives us good things. And I love that he gives us good gifts. So he gives us these gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. He's given us these gifts of the Spirit to overcome bad circumstances. So you see in this, in, uh, if we, back in James 1, uh, uh, 2, it says that um, it produces patience. Okay? Well, patience is a gift of the Spirit. Amen. So these, these gifts that he gives us, these gifts of the Spirit, this love, this joy, this peace, this patience, all that he gives us can be used, our tools, our gifts to be used when we are going through a situation. He gives us these gifts. Okay? He gives us these gifts. He gives you these things so that when a, when a situation comes along, when a circumstance comes along, you can say, oh, no, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's right. He's given me the peace that passes all understanding. Oh, that's right. I can overcome this. I can persevere through this. Amen? Amen. Don't make your hardships bigger than God. Magnify God in the midst of your circumstances. So don't magnify your hardship. Magnify God. Amen? When you magnify God, the, the problems that we go through seem smaller. And they are. I mean, the Bible says his name is above every other name. So you think of anything that has a name... Any word, God is above that. Jesus is above that. Amen? Let's go to Romans 8 real quick. Are you getting something out of this this morning? Thanks, Ray. Amen. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. So these sufferings that we have in life. You know, Paul was facing death every day, right? Every single day there was something going on. He said there was perils of robbers, there were shipwrecks, there were, there were threats outside and there were fears inside. But he said that all that he went through, <clears throat> it doesn't even hold anything to the glory. Amen. It's not even worthy to be compared. It's just, it's just kind, of, kind of off there compared to the glory that is going to be revealed to you and in you. <clears throat> the glory of God on your life. The glory of God in the midst of your situation. The glory of God at your job. Amen. And when we pass from this life, the glory of God that just covers us, this glorified body that we have. Amen. So there's glory. 
And I always think if Paul can have this mindset with everything he went through, then I definitely should be able to have this mindset that no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to keep my focus on Jesus because I know that there's this glory, amen, that's going to be revealed to me and in me. Proverbs 15, 19. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is the highway. And uh, this is one of the verses that came up this weekend. And I thought, you know, there's really two ways that this can be looked at. Um, One, which I believe would be like the traditional way. Um, If you don't get up and work, thorns are going to grow in your path. You know, if you're lazy and you don't do anything, um, there's going to be thorns in the way. But if you do, if you get up and you work and you um, aren't lazy and you do what you're supposed to do, your path is going to be smooth like a highway, okay? And then the Lord gave me this as well. And he kind of said to me, if you have a lazy, non-persevering mindset, the road, the good times, the hard times are going to look hard, they're going to look painful, and they're going to look not worth it. So when you see a road you're going to see thorns. Like if you have a mindset that, oh, it's not worth it, um, it's just going to be a hard road, then you're going to look up, you're going to see all the problems, all the cracks, all the thorns, everything that's in your way to get where you need to go. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus with the expectation to persevere through anything, the road, the good and the hard times, are going to look, is going to look like a smooth highway. You're going to look at the road and you're going, think, you're going to think, this has potential. Amen? You're not going to see the thorns. You're not going to see the cracks. You're not going to see the hard things that you have to overcome and persevere to go down the road. You're going to see it as a smooth highway. You're going to see it that, wow, I can do this. Amen? Hallelujah. Our mindset and our focus when it comes to our life is so important. So important. <clears throat> you know, you think about you know, somebody who, who is battling depression. Well, what is depression? It's in the mind, isn't it? Because people think, like, um, people will think that, uh, well, I'm not worth living. It's not, life isn't worth living. <clears throat> people will think that nobody loves me or nobody wants me or I'm not good enough, right? That's how depression starts in the mind. Okay, the Bible says we want to tear down all of the arguments that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And so anything that, that has to do with <clears throat> being not enough, Amen. Um, that's an argument that, ex- that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You are enough. Amen. But if we know that, well, maybe I can't do everything, but I know there's somebody in me that can, Amen. that the Holy Spirit can do all things, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then what happens? Then the sky is the limit, isn't it? Then you feel like you can do anything for the Lord. You can start any project. You can start any business. You can um, do any missions trip. Amen? So we want to have this mindset of success. Henry Ford said, if a man thinks he can or thinks he can't, he's right. God's going to give us the tools to succeed. He really will. He'll give, us, he'll give you the tools to succeed in your life. We need to pick them up and use them, though, right? Just like with our, with our armor, we have the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, but if they're just laying at our side in battle, what's going to happen? Well, we, we're open up to the enemy, aren't we? We're not going to be able to, to, to block any of the fiery, fiery darts. We're not going to be able to use the sword of the Spirit to um, come against what the devil's trying to do in, in your life. But if we use them, amen. And I've always said the shield, I mean, you have to move it around, right? If you just keep it in one spot and the enemy comes, well, they're just going to 
come around to the side and get you, right? But if you continue to move it around, so, you know, faith, Smith Wigglesworth used to say, go back and forth, and he'd say, faith is an act. Faith is an act. And he'd just go back and forth across the stage and say, faith is an act. So when we have faith in Jesus, amen, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So when we have faith in Jesus, we have faith that we can overcome, that means we have to do something about it. Amen? If I have a car and it's sitting in the parking lot, and I'm so excited to drive my car, but I don't turn, on, turn it on, if I don't put the key in the ignition and turn on the car, it's not going to move. I have faith the car is going to work, but I need to do my part, right? I need to put the key in the ignition. Well, actually, we have a push start now, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I need to push the button. But what's going to happen when I do that and I put it in the drive? It's going to start to go. Amen? So we can have all this faith for our situation, but if you're not speaking the word, if you're not, if you're not um, um, transforming your mind by the reading of the word and, and by uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to help you in your situations, then you can have all the faith in the world about it, and it's not going to do much because you're not putting it into action, right? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And this is Paul talking again. And he says, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me by God. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't say that. A, f- a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Amen? Lest I be exalted above measure. Compar- can, and then we'll, we'll just wait on verse 8. So <clears throat> there's this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan to buffet Paul. Okay? So Paul is going about his ministry. Amen. He's doing things for the Lord. And this thorn, he had, he had all these revelations about the kingdom of God. Could you imagine? He got caught up into the third heaven. Whew. He's had all these revelations about the kingdom of God and what God wants to do in his life. And it says that a thorn from Satan was given to him to buffet him, lest he be exalted above measure. Verse 8, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast of my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, a lot of people, again, think that God was just keeping him there. That's why he didn't answer Paul's prayer, because God was just keeping him there. He needed to learn, Paul needed to learn something in this time of hardship. Okay? But really what this is saying is that, so you might ask the question, why didn't the Lord take this away? Paul asked three times, it's Paul, Lord. Like, he's one of the you know, founders of the faith, Paul. Why didn't you take it away from him? Because Paul already had the power of Christ Amen. on the inside of him to deal with the thorn. Paul already had the tools to deal with the thorn. Because we see the Bible says that his grace is sufficient. So Paul had God's grace to deal with the thorn. His strength is made perfect in weakness. He had the strength of God. In his body. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast of my affirmities that the power of Christ, he had the power, he had the authority of Jesus in the inside of him to deal with this thorn. God said, I'm not, you already have the tools. You have the tools. You have my grace. You have my strength. You have my power. So you can deal with it. Amen. You can deal with it. You have the authority in the name of Jesus to speak to this thorn to leave. Amen. Paul was thinking that, that God just had to come and do all of the dirty work for him. 
No, we have the authority. We have the power, amen? We have the responsibility to dictate where our lives go. We have the responsibility to uh, dictate what the devil can and can't do in our life. That's our responsibility. It's not just within our power from the Holy Spirit, but it's, with our, it's our responsibility. We have a responsibility to the Lord, amen, to not shame the cross by allowing ourselves to be in certain situations that we can easily get out of with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus died for us. Amen? So we could have salvation. We could have this power and be endued with power from on high to deal with life's struggles and pitfalls. I'm not saying that things aren't still going to come because they will. We don't want to be fooled to think, well, I have the power, so I can just, I'm going to thwart every attack before it happens. No, because we live in a fallen world. There's just things that happen to us. But we have the power to get through it. We have the grace to get through it. We have the strength of the Lord to get through it. Amen. He had it all. He had everything he needed. And I think a lot of times we think, um, you know, people might think like, oh, Lord, why is this happening to me? Um, and I think that's a, that's a tough question to ask, isn't it? Like why, the, the why question, or why is this happening? You know, I know people, I know somebody that, that was, um, you know, loved the Lord, did a lot of things for the Lord, and uh, was um, overseas on a mission trip and, and got in a car crash and, and got killed. Loved Jesus. And people might think, well, Lord, she was one of the good ones. Why, why did this happen? Well, we live in a fallen world. Somebody ran a red light, right? We live in a fallen world. Let's go to Philippians 3.12. I just want to say, too, that that just because there's a circumstance happening in your life, it doesn't always mean that it's the devil right there whispering in your ear either. Okay? So it's not God, but sometimes things just happen because humanity fell when Adam and Eve ate the, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right? So if I, you know, this is a small example, if I get shortchanged at high V, if I give him a 20 and I buy something for $10 and I only get $5 back, that's not the devil trying to get me down. That's because we're not perfect, right? So we want to be able to look at our situations and say, okay, how, you know, um, Audrey Mack, a while, uh, when she was here for pastor's conference, she gave this great illustration just about how we have all this knowledge of the scriptures and we have all this head knowledge of the things that we need to do. But if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to tell us um, how to deal with the situation, then that's all it is, is knowledge. It's not power, right? It's not going to be powerful in our life. So, you know, David, remember when David, um, this wasn't in my notes, but when David was going up against the Phil, uh, Philistines, I almost said the Philippines, the Philistines, and they were in the valley, amen, and, and the Philistines came against them, and he inquired of the Lord, if I go up against them, will I take them? And the Lord says, yes, you will go up against them. I'm with you. And so he goes up and he defeats them. In the very next verse, in that passage, David again finds himself in the same valley against the same army. And, and David says, Lord, should I go up again against them as before and overtake them? And he said, no. He said, I want you to set an ambush this time. I want you to do it differently, different strategy. And, uh, and he did what the Lord wanted him to do. And again, they defeated the Philistines. Okay? Now, if David would have just went up as before and done the same thing that he wanted to do, they would have been defeated in that battle. 
So in our life, when we have circumstances and we have uh, battles in our life that, that, come, uh, that come around us, don't just do something because it worked last time. Amen. Seek the Lord. Get counsel from God, from the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, how should I handle this? And he'll, he might give you something different. He might tell you to do the same thing, but he might say, no, this time you need to, um, you know, find some scriptures on joy. You know, last time maybe he wanted you to find some scriptures on peace and speak peace. Maybe this time he wants to find some scriptures on joy and speak joy over your situation. Amen? Let's go to Philippians 3.12. Almost done here. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I haven't made, but, I am on well, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means will I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. Verse 14, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have, have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Amen? So <clears throat> Paul even said, I'm not an expert in any of this. I don't count myself that I've apprehended or that I know all things about it. But he said, I'm well on my way. I've got my eye on the goal. And I think about this goal. What's the prize, amen, of his upward calling? The prize, amen, is this, one is this eternity that we're going to have, but also the souls that Jesus wants to reach through you. Amen, that's another goal. That's another prize. Amen. So that we can be called when we, when we pass from this life to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. And I love that. He wants to keep us focused on the goal. And if we have anything else in mind, it says God's going to clear our, our blurred vision. Amen. Sometimes we're, fo- we're not focusing on him because we don't want to. It's just that our, bl- our vision may be a little blurred. Maybe we don't it's just hard for us to see clearly. Well, God's gonna once He wants to open our eyes, Amen. He wants to open our eyes to the big picture. He wants to open our eyes to the blessings, to the tools that He's given us to use. When we focus on Jesus, even through trials, we're gonna come out of those things better than when we win it. I think of Job, you know, and I'm, I'm not even gonna go into the, the theological part of Job, but um, <clears throat> remember, Job lost basically everything except for his life. And what happened? As, as Job, you know, one, um, didn't sin against God and kind of stayed with God. Yeah, he made, made mistakes. But as, and then as he repented, amen, what happened? He, everything was restored back to him double. Double to Job, to Job, amen. So, yeah, he might have lost everything. And you think, wow, that's really tough. But it was all restored back to him even more than what he lost. So you might be going through a particularly tough situation. Maybe... You lost a loved one, or, or again, the, you know, I think I really believe a lot of people probably, you know, I think financial stress, especially in this time, is probably a pretty common thing with people. So you might be going through a financial hardship. Maybe you, maybe you have a lot of money invested, and you see the market, and the market's down, and you've lost. It looks like you've lost a lot of money. Remember, if you don't take it out of the market, you haven't lost anything. That's a free financial tip right there. Um, but maybe it looks like you've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Trust in the Lord. We don't trust in the market. I mean, we don't trust in, you know, we, we like having a job, but we don't trust in our job. We trust in Jesus, amen? amen? Put your trust in Jesus, amen? He will restore you. He's going to restore you. 
He's going to destroy. He's going to make you whole again. Amen? That's what he wants to do. And again, we don't have to question why something happened. A lot of times, because it's the world's not perfect. Right? People make mistakes. We fail as human beings. Again, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Right? I could be driving down the road and I don't see a car on this side of me. And you know, if I ran into it or something, I'm not perfect. That's not the devil or that's not the Lord saying, um, ran in. I put that car there because you need to learn something about this. <laughs> what are you going to learn from this situation, Randon? No, he's not saying that, right? Sometimes things just happen. Again, God gives us good gifts. He gives us perfect gifts. Amen? Amen. So we want to keep our eye on the prize of eternal life. When we come out of a hard situation, or we can come out of a hard situation with more faith, with more peace, with more revelation, with more patience than we went into it. But again, it all has to do with how we handle the situation. How, what is our attitude like? Are we going to persevere? Do we know that we can persevere? Maybe you don't know you can persevere. I'm here to tell you God's given you the tools to persevere in your life. If you don't think that you can persevere through something, that's a lie from the devil because we can. He's given us those tools. He wants you to persevere, amen? He doesn't want want to see you stuck and stay where you're at. He wants to continue to elevate you. He wants to continue to enlarge your territory. He wants to continue to enlarge your sphere of influence, amen? He wants you to have a testimony. With devil, with devil, if the sickness comes on you, he wants you to be healed so you can have a testimony Amen. so that more people come to the Lord because the Bible says that his will is that none perish, but everybody come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? He wants you to have a testimony. Hallelujah. But that's up to you. It's up to me. Amen? It's up to me what kind of a testimony I have coming out of a situation. And God gives us the tools to persevere through life's battles. We just got to choose to use them. Just choose to use the peace he's given you. Amen? I know it's tough. There's situations, there's times where, you know, and you know it, you know, you're going through something and your stomach's all in knots maybe about it. And you know that you're supposed to have the peace of God. And you, and, and you try, and this happened to me, you know, um, you know, sometimes, you know, where, where I know that I need to have the peace of God, but I can't, my, 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 know, my knowledge and my stomach don't connect. My stomach continues to churn like, oh, I'm, I don't like this. I don't have any peace. I have anxiety. But I'm like, no, I know I need to have peace. I know God's given me peace. He's given me that tool to combat this. He's given me patience to combat this. Amen. But as you focus on him and, in, and his word, and you continue to read scriptures about peace or patience, or just, you know, in your daily Bible reading, um, you know, there was a, a, a situation a while back where um, I was really going through something in my life, just in my mind, and, and I read just the Bible reading, just the daily one, and I was like, wow, that couldn't have been more perfect for my situation. As you read the Word, He'll give you those things, and just listen to Him. Listen to what He's saying. Don't just go through the Bible and skim through it, and be like, okay, I'm done with my reading for today. No, actually listen to what God's trying to say to you. Amen? And when you do that, when you listen to him, amen, doesn't matter what comes your way, you're going to be able to face it. You're going to be able to face it. Not only face it, you're going to be able to get through it. And that's what he wants you to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's just pray before we close.
Father, we give you praise and glory and honor today. Lord, we thank you that um, you will not leave us high and dry. You will not leave us. You said you're not going to leave us orphans, that the Holy Spirit is now on the inside of us. Lord, to, to handle, to deal with any situation that comes in our life. So, Lord, we thank you for these gifts that you've given us. We, we thank you that you are a God who loves us, who wants us to persevere, who wants us to come out stronger on the other side of these things, Lord. And I just thank you that you help us have a, um, a persevering mindset. Lord, however that looks to somebody, whatever scriptures that you give to them, Lord, to help us to have a, a mindset that I'm going to persevere no matter what. And, Lord, we thank you so much that you've overcome the world for us that you've already overcome death, hell, and the grave, that you've already put in us a spirit of power and authority to trample on the, the powers of darkness, the enemy. And so, Lord, I thank you just as everybody leaves today and this afternoon and comes back tonight. <clears throat> Father, I pray that you, um, I know that you're with them, Lord, but I pray that they can see you walking with them through their problems, through their circumstances, Lord, that you're there to pick us up when we need to be picked up. We give you all the praise and the glory. I thank you for just blessing everybody here today, blessing their families, Lord. I pray for any family member that's lost, that's turned away from you, to, that they're, they're, even right now they're coming back to you, Jesus. Even right now that, that um, uh, the Bible says the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one, Father, that, the, that, that they're turning back, Lord. We give you praise and glory today in Jesus' name. Can you say Amen. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Oh, we serve a good God. We serve a big God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.